Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Gift of Gaming podcast. We're approaching Christmas time. I'm very excited. We're on the Gift of Gaming podcast. You know, we're all about video games. We'll talk you through the ins and outs of all things video games and the video gaming industry. Now, if you love talking to your friends about video games but find that they've gotten a little bit boring or stale of late, well, why not talk to some new friends like me, your host, Darren Wade, joined today by my good pals, who could also be your friends to talk about video games with, Mr. Xbox Game Pass himself, Luke Maycock. Luke, how you doing? I'm not too bad, Darren. Keeping well? Oh, keeping great. Keeping great. Excited to talk some Christmassy stuff today. Christmassy. It is approaching Christmas. Ooh. And our other friend, joining with the podcast for the first time, Mr. Craig the Critical Nolan. Craig, how are you? I'm pretty good, Darren. Thanks for having me on. No, no. My pleasure. My pleasure. I ho, ho, hope. You guys are having a nice nice time there. See what I did there? Okay, the thanks for joining us with the Gift of Gaming podcast. That was episode three. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Darren, Darren's been fired. He's been fired. Been fired. <laughs> Executive reshuffle. So I guess I, you know, um, as we did last week, I'd ask Craig, because we haven't had a chance to talk to you. Okay, okay. What games are you... What games are you playing currently, Craig? What's what's on your what's on your to do list? What do you what do you love? See, right I now? thought you might ask me that question, which is why I didn't put any of tonight's gaming choices on my little list. So what I was playing recently was the new Pokemon Scarlet. Oh yeah. And I think I heard a couple of years talking about it last week uh, and how it's not very good, but does a lot of things right. Well, I was playing it till about last week, and then I just had to put it away, and I don't think I'll ever touch it again, that type of thing. So, would you consider it a success or a failure? I think it's an enjoyable experience for someone like me, who always thought 150 wasn't enough, and Pokemon that you could get in your earlier game, say, like... You could never beat Brock with, like, a Dragonite or anything. Like, that was impossible. You could only yeah. ever get, say, a Dratini, like, late in the game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the Pokemon, I always felt it was kind of annoying because you couldn't have them in your top six because it was always post-game you got them. Yeah. Whereas I like to be one of those type of people who had a very different type of top six at the very beginning, you know, from someone else. Because you fight your rival and, like, three out of your five Pokemon are identical to his. And that always annoyed me, you know? I'm just like, you go into a gym and everyone's using the exact same type of Pokemon. Okay. So in this game, that doesn't happen because there's 400. And I think it does a good job with the variety and like how many there are. But all the stuff, all the type of things it did new, like there's a new mechanic where at any point you can press the or button and whatever Pokemon you have at the head of your party will just immediately come out and like run forward and attack whoever, whatever Pokemon is in front of you. Mm -hmm. But... If you're on any sort of slanty hill or any <laughs> non-completely plain ground, that Pokemon will just immediately stop and then just look around clueless, like you know, like so. There's a lot of mechanics, but none of them done well. <laughs> was that a was that a game breaker for you? Like you? No, were- that wasn't a game breaker. In fact, I played the whole thing, but the visuals when you compare it to say Breath of the Wild, which was a launch game yeah. on the Switch, and this comes out five years later, mm-hmm. they've no excuse. But Game Freak, like I. Uh, I mean, aside from Pokemon Gold and Silver, I think it's just been downhill every single time. Whereas this one was was all right, but you know, just not quite up there you, with what I was expecting. You put it on recently onto the TV. You got an amazing TV in your apartment. You put it on that TV. That I, didn't do the game very no, a good no. service at all. <laughs> Having a good TV is bad for that game. I could just see all the faults, like yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's that's I I'm. 
like you know we talked to Chris about this before Luke about having you know vampire survivors and maybe graphics aren't everything mm. but, but sometimes graphics are what you care about they need like to be something. what were, what have people been saying since Red and Blue oh imagine that it was on a home console that's yeah. like the one thing everyone's been saying <laughs> yeah. and now it is and it's a 3DS slight upgrade you it's, know? it's like, strange how and I'm I really try and be optimistic about these things and like basically be an apologist for the studios because I want to be hopeful about the series but it's strange how disappointing it is in like 2022 yeah. we have the big current gen console game and it's like and uh, what's what made me kind of realize that I I wouldn't say it's going backwards I think it's going forwards but very much at a snail's pace at a snail's pace yeah. like they always introduce a new mechanic in each game and it's like one or two and well. they'll take away a couple as well yeah. and so you never Every really get it evolving like is Pokemon marketed to me a 31 year old male i don't know exactly but i played through sword sword was the last one i played through and i have never felt like such a toddler playing like in terms of yeah. like the hand holding yeah. that goes yeah. on yeah. i'm like this is way too easy i mean, it is. I mean the, the, their target audience i guess has always been like young kids and yeah. teenagers but they've and they must a, understand that there are people who've been playing red and blue since they out. were a kid yeah. and are still loyal fans to this yeah. day but they well, just do not care about those people there is a game for that market and it's I don't know if you guys if this ever crossed your radar, but it was Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Because that was a remake of the original. You're saying Red that's Blue, right? not a hand holding game? No, it is not. You couldn't even a catch hand- Pokemon in that game. It is not a hand holding game. It is a beautifully crafted, like fan service. The people who made that game loved the originals as much as you and me. And you play all the way through that game and it is just so lovely and fun and you can do so much more in it than you ever expect. I played the demo of it mm-hmm. and I thought immediately I was like this is a dumb cash-in game for babies. I'm sick of it. And it was like months later, I heard someone talk about it as being the best Pokemon game that's come out recently. And I was like, that's BS. I can't, that's so stupid. And I gave it a go. And I and loved, loved it. Yeah. I loved right, maybe it. I'll give it a go. Just, just so I can come back next week and chill all over and, you. Like. And there's, <laughs> give it a go. There's like, there's, what's it called? Like new game plus kind of stuff. Not new game plus, but like post game kind of material in it where you can become a master of a Pokemon. So it's like, oh, I think I'm, I think my Charizard is pretty sick. I want to be, I'm the Charizard master of this region, right? And it's like, no, actually the Charizard master is over there. Do you want to go fight your Charizard against his? And you do, and you're like, oh, I'm going to kick his ass. And your Charizard's at the same level, and his destroys you. And it's like, wait, wait how is his it's so nice much for a stronger? Game to introduce like end game boss material mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a classic RPG style. I, I assume like you didn't IV or EV train your Charizard. I had to. <laughs> Amateur over here. They, they do. They <laughs> I don't do. Even know what that means. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> they do throw a lot of that stuff at you. Like it's a lot more generous in the game. And I'm going through the game and I'm using those items. Like kind of not dedicatedly. But it's not until I get to the end of the game where I'm like, oh, they have souped up Charizards and onyxes and stuff and you yeah. can ride every pokemon in the game which is so much cooler than you think it's gonna be yeah just like it's it. sick that yeah. is pretty cool like because yeah. it reminds you of that episode where ash was like riding the ponytail in, yeah. the, in the tv in the, series like and all the other pokemon yeah, were racing yeah. each you can ride, exactly like in the yeah. intro we're all waiting for that episode to show up. Yeah. you can ride a ponytail you can ride an arcanine i fly over buildings on my charizard that's so you can cool. ride an yeah. onyx and it is at the size an onyx should be and you're like coming off the top of the screen yeah. and that one kind of went and I'm not going to say it went under the radar because like commercially uh, let's go Pikachu and Eevee was very successful I'd say it was but yeah. I think for me again as a, but still just a third remake of of, the yeah, of what was what they're still kind of living off essentially yeah. you know in the originals but a, a lot of love into it I do it is, a, it is a bit of a sleeper hit I think for our age bracket so that's the thing it's like our age now they never do it because Game Freak is such a small studio and they, they have to keep because you know they are what one of the highest grossing 
theory. I mean, Pokemon is the highest grossing. Um, probably high, of, highest grossing franchises of all time. Of all time, like making so, billions. So, and they are doing that because they're targeting kids. But I would love, and I mean, targeting, I don't mean targeting kids in an aggressive way. I mean, hey, this is for <laughs> you guys type thing. But I mean, for us, I would love a real, like a real dark I know, Pokemon it would story, be like fantastic. Yeah, but it's ever gonna. I mean, maybe for Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, here's the segue. <laughs> this episode's about Christmas. 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 Sorry, I spent way too much time. No, that's okay. No, 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 no. That's, that's all good. Um, so we thought today's episode, it being a couple of days till Christmas, it'd be nice to talk about the games that we loved either playing at Christmas or had kind of like strong Christmas themes that reminded us of that time of year and everything. So, Luke, I'm going to paint you a little picture here, okay? Ooh. You're, you're, you're little Luke. You know, you're waking up. You're putting on your slippers and your dressing gown. It's Christmas morning. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Hope Santa came last night. Like you're so excited. You've got the holidays all planned. Now maybe, maybe there's a game underneath the Christmas tree, or maybe you already have a game that you can't wait to play <gasps> for your holidays. So no one's gonna bother you. You're you're off school. Well. There's no homework. School's out. So Luke, what game is it that's waiting for you at the bottom of the stairs? Or games? Uh, I don't mean to limit you, but what games were you? even in recent times, most excited to play at Christmas time. In recent times, because you just painted me a whole word canvas that threw me back to my childhood, and I was like, I can't wait to play Spyro the Dragon. <laughs> like, that's, that's, you know, that's what we're here to talk about, like, you know, people's, people's Christmas games, you know? I mean, you that, gave us a big breakdown there of, like, the scenarios, but your text from last week was like, Christmas games, go! Yeah. <laughs> so I have no idea what Luke's going to say or how like he's going to cry take this. I don't like to create boxes, you know? You think freely, I'll just give you a couple of words. He doesn't want to clip our creative wings. Yes. That's it. Um, yeah yeah no wow god that immediately brought me back to being a kid and uh i got spyro the dragon with the playstation one and i was so excited about it for months beforehand like i was i convinced my mom to buy me like a video game magazine at the time and it had clips from spyro in it and it was the coolest thing i'd ever seen in my life and i got it on christmas day and it was everything i dreamed of and i've had fun with that game ever since i still play i played the reignited trilogy and yeah I didn't play, I've never played Spyro 3, but I played 1 and 2, like, religiously. I got 100% of both of them. I just, in, I actually think I did that last Christmas. I, I forgot just, about that. I do remember being at your house um, when we were younger and us trying to, do you remember, I think it was Spyro 1, I can't remember what they were called. They were kind of like, um, in these cloaks and kind of had a funny hat, but they were really, really fast. And you had to oh, charge yeah. run after mm. them to, like, get a jewel or something from them. There like was you knock them, but you had to catch up with them. They they were on a specific track. And yeah. It was obviously about learning the track <laughs> and, and, and beating them at that race. And you could knock the jewel out of their hands and take it. I remember spending so long it was so I was trying to crack that code. Yeah, they're they're egg thieves and that's uh, what it was. They yeah. go, nah, 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 nah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you chase them around. Yeah. No, it's so great. That's that brings me way back. Um Spyro. Yeah, I, I forgot I'd played the Reignited trilogy until like I just started talking about Spyro there, but I played that last Christmas. Spyro 1 and 2, 100% of both of them. And I was like, oh, that was great. Was that like a remaster for the Xbox or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's technically it's technically a remake, I guess, because they would have had to redo the whole game engine. For it, it came out not long after the Crash Bandicoot. The Crash Remake, yeah. trilogy that oh, they okay, did for yeah. Crash Bandicoot so, as well. So they were kind one of was just, a success, and it was like, okay, we have to jump yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, Is just, it the same studio? Do both? Uh, it were, I, I actually don't know. I'm not sure, because I, I didn't give the Crash games a go. Um, I'd heard like really intense things about them because mm. they redid because they, they were also remakes where they remodeled every aspect of the game so it was like updated for 4k and like there all the boxes had really specific hit boxes that were really unforgiving this is the crash yeah. games i'm talking yeah, about yeah. Now. oh yeah 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 um but uh no i never I, i'm not sure if they're the same studio but uh no spyro those reignited games were so much fun really faithful yeah. to the original really lovely 
gorgeous to buy. Um, that art style as a kid is just quite, just aesthetically very easy on the eye. You know, yeah. Spirals are just like colorful. It you know, was, as a kid, yeah. I it's mean, like, oh, I can soak that up all day. You look at Spyro yeah. and go, he would have made a great Smash character. <laughs> suits <laughs> yeah. the mold, you know, which yeah, is yeah. rare for like a PlayStation mascot. Have, you know, yeah. they usually look like realistic and crap. You know, yeah, they just not built they, that way. They did, yeah, in the later generations. I, I think PlayStation kind of tried to stay away from having mascots in the early era like a, a lot of magazines and publications champion mascots on playstation's behalf playstation never marched out like themselves Here, marched out. Mario, crash bandicoot is our yeah. mario spyro is our mario they were like no we're gonna have everything we're gonna have everything you could possibly dream of that was kind of their thrust back in the 90s which is kind of cool to think about sorry i'm getting way off topic here um, no that's quite interesting like i never knew sony ever thought that way that but it would, would explain why their playstation all-stars was so terrible oh my <laughs> god yeah because yeah. yeah. they didn't have any center fault yeah no they just they got so many small game studios making games with playstation one and that's why playstation one and ps2 have so many titles yeah like the, that back catalog is huge the library is insane especially it's, on ps1 it's oh, not yeah. like shovelware either like they well, i'm sure some of it is shovelware but like no but i remember like and even now i mean look back in the day when we were trying to launch this podcast like six seven years ago we were like researching certain topics we wanted to talk about and we did like the ps2 the ps2's life cycle and game catalog is absolutely insane yeah it's like, nuts it's it, I, Possibly, and we'll, we'll probably do another episode of this, but like possibly one of the best consoles going debatable. Mm -hmm. Which one? Sorry, PlayStation, PlayStation, PlayStation two. two or yes, one? Two. Okay. Two. two, two, because it was fully like it wasn't even a question as to whether it would be backwards compatible. So you had the Your PS, the PS two library went on for years and years and years, even past the release of the PS three, and all that time you had since nineteen ninety whatever when the PlayStation one came out, yeah. you had all those games yeah. that worked on this. And one I machine. think as uh, nostalgic sound effects go, the one that's really you know stuck in my brain is the opening like when you turn on the playstation 2 that sound effect is just yeah. way more familiar to me than any of the other i can understand that you know? so you guys are like a few years younger than me so for me it'd be probably the n64 you know because yeah. i always associate that playstation sound on the ps1 as just being another reason why the nintendo was better because i had to wait about 60 seconds for that screen to be over just so i could start <laughs> yeah, yeah. loading up the game never mind playing Players. the game you know n64 turn on but in 10 seconds you're playing ps1 that sound for me was always like okay oh, i've got a ways yeah loading discs here you go i will touch on one more thing before we move on here if that's okay of course so one of the things i like to do one of the things i do just because i think i'm an old bastard now is i love going back and playing retro games like i my, I actually today I received my copies of fan translations of Mother One Through Three or Earthbound One Through Three uh, for the Game Boy Advance, which I'm super. I plugged wow. in. Wow! No, it even came out for those. Yeah, no. Uh, Earthbound One and Two came out. I, there were Game Boy Advance ports, I think, outside of Japan. But anyway, someone rewrote all the text in the game and flashed it to Game Boy cartridges. So I have English versions of those games now on the cartridges. Nice. Start playing that. Super fun. That's something I love to do around Christmas. And one of the things I got turned on to recently is a little gadget, a little device called the Miu Mini. And it's a, basically a little emulation console and there's loads of really cool ones out there. But the Miu Mini can play everything from NES era up to PlayStation 1. And so I can have, and it's all off an SD card. It's all like ROMs and stuff. So none of the games come with it. You have to find your own ROMs. Lucas, it's legal. Acqu acquire them, uh, acquire experimental software for uh, creative purposes. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. dating back to NES era it's yes. just coincidentally yes. um, all the way up to PlayStation and you can have like everything from uh, the only con you're going to hate this the only console that they don't have around that era is the N64 of course because the actual 
it's basically like a Game Boy with two extra buttons is the form factor of it. Mm-hmm. But that's good enough for PlayStation because you just need the D-pad and then four buttons and a start and a select. And that's enough for PlayStation 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so from PlayStation 1 all the way back to NES, you can emulate every single game on it. And I'm so excited to get my hands on one of these. It's going to be sick. So that's, I love doing that around Christmas these so days. So you're a retro, you're like a bit of a retro gamer at Christmas time. I, you're like, like hitting, hitting up the old things, like old yeah. things that you played before or things that you never got the chance to play. I love experiencing things I never got a chance to play. There's a couple of like, I've become a huge weebo taku in recent months and I'm becoming obsessed with Japan slowly. This is a late thing in my life for me, <laughs> but I'm finding all these games that never came out outside of Japan. And the idea of being able to emulate all them on the one little device and flick between games, oh, it's so I'd love to spend my Christmas doing that this year. Yeah, that'd be that'd be swell. Okay, so you've got Spyro, some retro games. Anything else? Anything else from your even your your so the retro gaming thing is a bit more of a recent thing. Yeah, for you, mm-hmm. Spyro would be your kind of childhood memories. Yeah, yeah. Any other games that you were like big into at Christmas time? Yeah, I kind of um, this this is a tiny bit of an insight into just how my brain works, but I love or rather just my brain naturally tends to obsess over things like just focus on if there's a to-do list to do I want to clear out everything on that list like every single thing man, it's the only way to be when it comes to games a to-do list like in-game to-do list or one in you game, yourself in-game to-do list sometimes it's stuff i create myself that i just deem for some reason deem is important and i just go through it and it's not necessarily judging by the so like for example i spoke last week i was playing i'm playing cyberpunk at the moment yes mm-hmm. i've beat every side quest yeah. Every oh, job, that every gig. so not fun. 60 hours. Are lo- you like an achievement whore as no, well? No, no, I don't care about achievements at all. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> but I've done every side quest just because I was like, well, there's like seven different crime bosses and they have between five and 20 something. I know, but do you not hate the game each. now? No, no, I don't have, <laughs> I actually don't have a ton of drive to play one with the main quest, which is what I was loving the most. To I know, with. but that's what it does to you. you yeah, it kind of sad it. But I, so I would spend Christmases doing that. So like you could talk about like your Far Cry's just yeah. every outpost yeah, if yeah. i sat down with a far cry game like uh the most recent one i enjoyed was actually far cry 4 which was a while ago mm. but far cry 3 amazing game sit down with that look at the map see a bunch of outposts around me go and see how they're designed like it's something about like figuring out how the, the levels were put together and what the smartest way is to attack this outpost and i just do that on loop for hours and but if it's I've, a nice it's a nice yeah. way to get bang for your book. Do you know what I mean? Really oh, soak yeah. up the the world that they've made, you know? Yeah, yeah. One of the things that always got me uh, playing through Red Dead Redemption 2 as a video game was there was so much stuff in that game that they designed and voice acted and created mm. that you could just completely miss. You could just leave it all behind. There were so many moments in that game, yeah? yeah. Especially after a big mission and there was a parody sequence. And you felt like everyone just went off and had their own conversations, right? Yeah. And you were like, wait a minute, but I can't, I can't follow everyone. Well. What am I going to yeah. do? And it's amazing they put that detail in the game, but like that with you and Far Cry 3, going around and taking the time to actually soak up the world that they've created is probably, I mean, I think it's a, I've done that a lot now that I'm a bit older, but when I was younger, I was like, how true a video game i don't care how this yeah. is made and that was made but now i'm like wow like this 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 particular thing looks amazing or, or, or that particular thing was voiced so well or i can't believe they did this and it's not even a thing that they had to do or a thing that you have to see they mm-hmm. just put it in for your enjoyment in case you want to go and do that you know? I, I love that i love exploring the depths of everything that they wanted to give you with the game um and so if i just have loads of time to put aside on christmas which we do over christmas you just like a quiet time by yourself couple of cups of tea some bickies yeah. and you'll need more than a couple of cups of tea to get through cyberpunk like. <laughs> i think <laughs> yeah and doing all the side quests you yeah. mad thing <laughs> yeah no that's that's i think that's my ideal game at christmas it's just something that i can really sink my teeth into just get lost in it yeah it's almost a shame that i've pretty much beaten cyberpunk by the time christmas has come around 
But uh, I think I'm a fifth of the way through the main quest, and I've done. I see you got loads of stuff to do over Christmas. You've got loads of good stuff as well because main stories are usually always way more involved than the side content. It it is actually impressive. Like some of the things you were talking about about Red Dead Redemption, they put that a lot of that into Cyberpunk. Like you'll be doing a very random side quest, and Johnny Silverhand will show up and like start commenting on stuff going on in the scene. It's like they got Keanu Reeves to record all this additional dialogue. There's he recorded so much for that game. There's so much motion capture of him, so much performances in the most obscure side quests. What a guy. Yeah, it, it, was, Reeves, huh? it had so much flavor. Just, well, episodes. come on, um, don't give him too much credit. Mark Hamill did it first. Like, I don't know if you saw like the Arkham Knight series. Oh, listen, no, 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 I don't. I, I'm not denying <laughs> that Mark Hamill put in the, put in all the work. And Mark Hamill's a nice guy too. All right, Keanu just Reeves, so we're, no. Keanu Reeves is a really nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love Reeves. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah, but that's me. What did you, Craig? Christmas time, little Craig with his little slippers and his dressing gown, his cup of cocoa, running down the stairs to a game underneath the Christmas tree. What did Santa bring you? So, yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. And that's how I took your interpretation well, of games at Christmas. Page, huh? We're on the same page, but kind of because just in case I considered all possibilities. Well, so I, I went with all. Yeah. So I'll break this down into three. I was going to talk maybe about games I got for Christmas and I enjoyed playing over the Christmas uh, period. Yeah. Then I was thinking about my favorite, my favorite Christmas level in a video game. And the reason I went with that topic was because I was looking up my favorite Christmas video game and I could find nada, zilch, you know? So, Do you mean like a game that's based at Christmas? or just No, a-, a, game, a Christmas game that's set over Christmas. So right. I found two, mm-hmm. and I guess I could open with those. And one was, I just talked about the Arkham series, yes. and I hate talking about Arkham Origins because it's by a different studio and it's the worst by far but that one was set on christmas eve like you know so it is a very christmassy type and game for our listeners who might not know the arkham series who's it based on who's it based on sorry yeah like i mean who's who's our main man it's uh batman oh there you go yeah. oh sorry i hadn't even said the word batman yeah. yet oh my batman. god yeah. yeah well arkham for anyone who yes. you know has watched um the podcast and stuff before so with the arkham games i was just thinking no i can't talk about that one and i've kind of ruined that by admitting to that here on air but the other <laughs> christmas game i had talked about was the home alone video game Whoa. which i had for a, the sega mega drive there's a home alone video game. there's a home alone video game yeah <laughs> I, I think no it idea. came out for like the s snes or nes or whatever but i had a uh Sega Mega Drive version of it. And it was actually a really, really enjoyable game where, like, you had an open world, which was... I say open world, but it's just, like, five houses on a street. Yeah. Well, like, there's, like, one house on each street. And literally, you would... um, I think you have, like, two days to stop the robbers from... um, robbing all the houses so you have to go into each house ahead of the robbers and start setting up your traps oh, you know, so, so you can't good. actually beat them you just have to delay them enough until the cops show up right. Right. What, what did we say what what console what it was a game? sega mega drive so sega it's mega probably drive. before yeah. I mean, some people call it the sega genesis or whatever but oh, yeah, here in europe States, yeah. it's called the sega mega drive so yeah. i'm not gonna call I'm not it gonna bow down to i'm not gonna bow to someone else Americans, chris isn't here and even if he was it doesn't matter um, but that was a kind of enjoyable game I played a couple of times and then just forgot about until I googled it today and went oh look there's a Christmas game <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember but I was looking through the list of Christmas is, games that, and I found a nothing it's purely based at Christmas time which is yeah. why you selected that one okay mm-hmm. alright 
And so I'm not going to talk about that anymore because I don't even know if what I've said thus far is accurate. That's what I remember. Okay. But that's 25 years and ago. If, and if, if he's wrong, guys, remember, email us at thegiftagamingpodcast at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure let, it's mostly let Craig right know now. how wrong you might have been. But yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just keep but it straight. But it was a good game because if the, the bad guys catch you, they grab you and like put you up on a hook on the wall, just <laughs> yeah. like in the movie. Yeah. Do you know yeah, where yeah, they yeah. So it was pretty cool to see. And you could trank them, knock them out, hit them over the head with things. It was quite fun. Um, but moving on, because I don't want to give Arkham whatever any more time. Okay, I out. thought I would talk about uh, my favorite games over the Christmas period. So I was just thinking back, like, 97, 98, 99. Like, which game did I have the most fun with over that Christmas two weeks playing? Yeah. And I came up with a few. And I just remember, because from 1996... I got GoldenEye and Mario Kart. Oh, man. What a... Because you know, my, my birthday's quite close to Christmas, so my godmother was like, okay, I'll get you this. So it was just like the ultimate Christmas. So the Christmas hype was real that yeah, year. Yeah. GoldenEye and Christmas that year. But because I was splitting between both games, I can't really decide which one I would talk about. So I won't. So that was 1996. <laughs> okay, fine, yeah. 1997, I got Forsaken, but that's not in any way like a Christmas game or anything like that. And it wasn't even a particularly good game. 1999, I got smash brothers i mean i, I mean i could talk I, about I that, that for point, days so yeah, i won't i think, I think enough said for enough that, said for that there will like, definitely you know? be a, a probably at this rate a three-parter yeah. i'm sure i'll circle back smash to brothers. smash brothers talk at some yeah. point in the future no doubt um at 2000 i got majora's mask that was really really good yeah. i really enjoyed that one and um, 2001 i got pokemon gold uh, just nice. for people listening, I had got Pokemon Silver three months prior to that, so that's not me choosing gold. That's me getting gold second. I'm sorry. Is there a is there a general consensus out there that silver? Well, silver had Lugia and gold had Ho Ho, and for me, Lugia was just the easy choice. Like, oh, you know? yeah, okay, so, yeah. Um, fair. In 2002, I had Mario Kart Double Dash, and that was absolutely amazing. Baby Park, man. Baby, Baby Park, Park Double yeah, Dash. Yeah. That's all and I wanted Dash, to do. And Dino Jungle, which here's hoping they bring that one back for the Mario Kart DLCs yes. that they've been releasing. As of the third update, it's not there, unfortunately. But, but still, we've got still... three more updates yeah, okay, yeah, to get that time. Dino they, Jungle. Like ha- at this stage, with the amount of tracks in it, it'll have to be... I can't imagine what won't make the cut. Exactly. How many, how many choices are out I there? I mean, right? Yeah. They show it. Um, so that was 2002 and I was almost going to really talk about this for ages because it was one of those cases where the day I got it all my family my cousins and stuff like that all came over and I've tried a couple of years prior 1999 it was when I got Smash Brothers as I just said I tried to go my friends and family to play Smash Brothers with me but they take one look at the screen see all the chaos and go no yeah. <laughs> it's just too much That's too it's heavy just a little you, overwhelming you. whereas with Mario um, with um, Mario Kart Double Dash everyone instantly wanted to play yeah you know so my entire family got were, were pounding around and we were doing they haven't done it since but there was a two-player mechanic in double dash where like two people could ride in one cart so you could play a two-player one driving and one controlling the weapons, the weapons but yeah. they could also swing your car left and right to punch to people yeah. like, it was really really cool they haven't done anything like that since but that was really really good um, 2003 was Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, which was a great game, but not very You have a phenomenal memory. No, I wrote these down earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't. But looking back, these are the only ones I could remember, and they're all in a row of about 10 years. After 2004, I could not tell you one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like 1996, 2004. I just knew them all. But Your after brain just that, works I was in like, reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, yeah. remember all the childhood glory yeah, and then yeah. everything recently. Everything, everything, all the sad. Once you grow up, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And 2004 was Tales of Symphonia, another great game. Oh, right. Um, So I don't want to spend too much time on all of those. I don't know if you guys know this, but I left one year blank 
while I was talking. 2003? No, it was... Um, 1998? 1998, yes. 2003 was Metroid Prime Sorry, 2. Okay. So for those listening, you got the little tidbit. It was 1998, and that was the year I got my hamster Gizmo, but also the year I got Body Harvest for the Nintendo 64. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has even heard of this game. I have game, not even. I don't even know what that Body is. Body Harvest was made by a company called DMS, known today as Rockstar North. Oh. So I don't know if people remember, but the jump between Grand Theft Auto 2 and Grand Theft Auto 3 is probably one of the greatest leaps in video game history. Yeah, it was, like, it was very big The deal. difference is night and day. I remember going to buy that game with my cousin and I was a big massive Nintendo fan at the mm-hmm. time and he showed me the box for GTA 3 and I remember just telling him that's impossible that's, that's, that's a cutscene <laughs> that is on uh, my list uh, GTA 3 will have a small little piece on my list of Christmas games but we'll oh, will it? Will yeah, it? Yeah, very yeah, good yeah. well I won't spend too much time on it but that was um, Body Harvest was the game the company did between um, GTA 2 and GTA 3 oh, wow. right. so in 19 they were working on it since I think 1995 Again, I looked all this up today. I would never have known any of this. Okay, yeah, good, good. So, like, even before the Nintendo 64 was being made, these guys were making it. And, you know, they had never worked with the N64 before. So, the graphically, they had to make sure it could handle it. So, yeah. graphically, the game is quite poor mm-hmm. because, you know, they were playing it safe. But I don't know if anyone's played Starship Troopers, but Buddy Harvest is very much like the aliens like that are quite similar and the main character you play as looks like a starship trooper except he's in orange okay or master chief you could say he looks like master chief yeah but the plot of body harvest is absolutely amazing set in the future 2015 thank god it didn't come to pass but earth has been wiped out by these aliens all right and you're the humanity's last hope it's 2015 you're aboard this space station where you've built a time machine and you're going back to these points in time to stop the aliens from you know doing too much damage to earth and mm-hmm. destroying us for good so when the deadly cutscene the aliens attack you in the spaceship they shoot you in the arm and you see blood which was crazy for nintendo and then all of a sudden you're thrown into this third person shooter um open world sandbox where you had over 60 vehicles you had planes you had helicopters you had bikes you had everything that you would associate with grand theft auto 3 today yeah, yeah. But back then, that was ad- like just hopping into a motorbike or a vehicle. Like, unfortunately, the character didn't open the door and step in. He just would always somersault into the vehicle, regardless <laughs> of where the door is. Like, you know, it was just this little animation that they would do. It was hilarious <laughs> to see. But Body Harvest was this third-person shooter game where you just ran around shooting up aliens. It very much felt like an arcade game because the aliens were constantly abducting humans, and this meter would fill up, and you had to like get the meter down, kind of like uh, crazy taxi yes, one of those yeah, games you have to get oh, the yeah, meter okay. down in order to move on to the next area yeah. so it felt kind of arcadey but it was a third person shooter with loads of video games a great story and um, five separate time zones so you're aboard these like um king kong style planes shooting things down in like 1915 which is one of the first places you go in cuba or something like that and then it goes to like the usa in the 60s and then in siberia in the 90s and then in the future in 2060 like you're fighting the aliens on their home planet but for anyone looking for an old gem an old classic on the n64 body harvest is, body the, harvest one. is the one and that I was the game i played I I ever, did you ever hear that no i've never heard of it that sounds i really want to look it up yeah, now I can't want to see what it's, but just for the historical like if you look at that game play for a few minutes you'll just go okay now i see exactly how they went from gta 2 to gta 3 it's like the the road stop in the middle yeah it's their stepping stone to get there 
That's really interesting. For the N64 as well. It's for Nintendo 64, yeah. As you said, Nintendo in blood. Wow. What and a it was, time to be alive. It was crazy because the developers went to Japan because Nintendo were like, here, we got to get this this game going. And the developers were with Shigeru Miyamoto and a bunch of uh, other Japanese um, developers. And they took them out for you know, food or whatever like this. And the developer was so nervous sitting in front of Shigeru Miyamoto. And he had net, like, these are Scottish lads. They didn't really like eat very well on that type of they weren't cultured is what yeah, i'm yeah. saying like they weren't used to being flown to japan exactly yeah. so like the one of the guys he had ordered a bowl of beef and it was just a few pieces of beef in basically like blood sauce and you know he has these chopsticks and he's trying to pick them up and, and eat and like he just it, it it falls out of the chopstick, lands in the ball, and blood splatters all over Shigeru Miyamoto. Like, oh my god! <laughs> like right all over him in no. his face and stuff like that. I mean, I watched the video on it earlier, and I thought that was absolutely hilarious because then the guy is panicking, and a beer arrives at the table, and like it's for Shigeru Miyamoto, but it's put in front of him, and he just instinctively is panics and drinks the beer, and mid drink he's looking at Shigeru Miyamoto and thinking. He ordered that for himself. Oh, no. But they still managed to get the game across, right? They, well, no, because Nintendo actually pulled out of the deal. Oh. And another company published the game in the end, like, you know. But it still came out for the Nintendo 64, yeah. you know. But it was in development hell for years. Could you imagine? Imagine your big moment. This is it. Like, a big moment. I'm going to sell this game to Mr. Nintendo himself. Yeah. And you, you just you make a big... You make a big... Make, you cock it up. But apparently it wasn't down to all of that. It was really... Nintendo had reservations. They like were getting hammered by Final Fantasy and all these other RPGs. And they tried to introduce a bunch of RPG elements into the game. Which you can still see. Because there's a lot of like RPG moments when you like walk into a house and you can talk to people. Or hit switches and things like that. Okay. And you get that kind of RPG vibe which was added by that discussion ah, with okay. Miyamoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So dropping the... The beef into the blood wasn't a total waste. You had some nice elements that were carried over with the Japanese developers. But that was a game like barring playing with my hamster. That was a really, really good game over Christmas that I have just such fond memories for. And because I'd watched Starship Troopers quite recently, either on video or cinema or whatever, I was loving it, you know. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Christmas games. A bloody, bloody body harvest. Body Harvest, yeah. Body Harvest, to go bloody for Body Harvest game for Christmas. Yeah. That's what you want. So on my third scenario, if we have time. Of course, far away. <laughs> I was thinking of talking about my um, favorite Christmas level in a video game. Okay, okay, good, good. I have a few of them, yeah. You do? Well, okay. just Because like that's very, what I thought I'd quick be able to nod. talk about. Yeah, it's a very quick nod I have to, but yes. Um, so the thing I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to play it on my phone here for people to be able to listen along so this won't play over your speaker thing no so it's fine so if anyone's listening in if they can just go to youtube freeze easy peak main banjo kazooie music and hit play and then if you want you can listen along to what we're going to listen along to and if not then it doesn't matter okay let's have a so i've rambled enough that should have given them enough time to go to to youtube YouTube, so i'm gonna hit play it's possible some people have the ads do not skip thing so i'm just gonna waste another five seconds here um darren what's that over there yeah what oh yeah wow what that 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 should do oh just kidding man it's oh, all okay. good oh, sorry. Yeah. all right that should, that should be enough so like the ad should have been skipped and play so you guys can hear that now people at home i'll, try, I'll try and i'll try and move it up a little bit here i don't think i might bring that up at all no it doesn't need to but like that is just a great music track that starts the second the uh freeze easy peak starts in banjo kazooie level right and it just for me encompasses so much about christmas like 
like a new instrument added to the mix and it's just starting to build and build and build but in this game the second you go into the level you immediately see an igloo and there's a bunch of uh, polar bears inside and they're sad because they don't have their christmas presents so you immediately have to go out and chase after their christmas presents like you know so you go outside the igloo, you go down the hill, and you see their deadbeat dad who's all like bloaty and is just like, oh, I shouldn't have drank too much last night. Deadbeat and then dad. you hear this, for those listening at home, you have the bells coming in, very Christmassy, very Christmassy, very Christmassy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, that's so good. But we don't need that, but for people listening along, it'll make this segment so, just So, sorry, just, for, just so they can get it again, it's called Freezy Peak. The main banjo kazooie music from that level. The name Give banjo. it a listen and get, the, get that Christmas. Yeah. But the spirit. reason it's such a good level and banjo kazooie is just such a great game in the meantime. But like in that level, it's just a massive Christmas tree surrounded by all sorts of Christmas-like things. So you have like a walrus who just wants to be left alone because you're a bear and he doesn't want to be eaten by you. You have the polar bear family who are looking out for their um, they're trying to get their presents for Christmas. You have their deadbeat dad who's like passed out around the corner. And then you have all these little Christmas-like critters that are trying to get to the Christmas tree to restart Christmas. But there's like all these little little villain chomp chomp things Obstacles. that like stopping them from yeah. getting there you know so you have to deal with them to light up the christmas tree then you have to take your new like um power wing mechanic to fly around the christmas tree and defeat all these like evil snowmen who are like lobbing snowballs at you you know so it just it really encompasses kind of everything about christmas you have the music you have like sled races you have collecting the little jiggy pieces you know typical uh banjo and was, fashion was, was banjo kazooie out near christmas at all or was no it... i think it actually came out in march but, <laughs> <laughs> but that is a game that like it just has such a great christmas level yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's not even a case of like it's an ice level because you, you play most video games and you associate ice levels with you slipping all over the place yeah. and it's crap you know it's yeah. terrible whereas in this there's no slippiness it's just, just we have some snowman bad guys we have a christmas tree we've got some polar bears for you to save just go out there and have a good time like you know oh, that sounds wonderful and it is with the music Banjo and everything we were just listening banjo Zoo is just an, an absolutely incredible game it's a game i need to go back to and play for sure i we got a lend of we never had nintendo 64 but my brother's friend was the the nintendo guy the nintendo like guy. that's that's back when i used to originally play smash brothers was with um was with my brother's uh, friend and he gave us then the nintendo 64 times so we would play like uh, jet force gemini banjo kazooie but i remember banjo kazooie just being just like a lovely well thought out funny Kind of game yeah it is i mean it's got lots of voice acting and stuff yeah. like that so i mean i played mario 64 and then i played banjo kazooie and i was just like this is just so much better yeah i just i love it so much more you know it's just that friendly family vibe that you associate with christmas well gentlemen my christmas little darren actually you know before i get to the actual the the big christmas story i'm going to give some honorable mentions here some games that i like to play at christmas time um kind of multiplayer family friendly kind of games the first one just because we all have a christmas where you um just fall out with your family you know <laughs> tensions get yeah, high you're all that. cooped up in the house trying to be friends uh, overcooked overcooked as a as oh a multiplayer game because they have like the festive dlc packs i'd sit there with my my sister and my brothers and we i mean if you weren't going to fight you definitely will now yeah. yeah but i love i love overcooked as a game as a concept of a game it's so much fun as multiplayer games go i'm like yes this is what i want from a multiplayer game so yeah overcooked always gets because it's one that comes out every year and a lot of the picks that i have on my list are games that like they come crop back up at christmas time because we've enjoyed playing them and that's kind of the only time we're all together again 
I was like, hey, we're buying Overcooked and shouted at each other for 40 minutes. What do you say? I'm like, well, that sounds wonderful. What a, what a Christmas game. Other th- games that I have that I loved at Christmas time would have been uh, Tekken. Tekken was always a... We would play Tekken. Which one specifically? Or so I have just two. I have two, right? It's, I have Tekken 7 because that actually has a, a, a frosty kind of Christmassy level. Mm-hmm. But I think like a kind of a winter town in the background and kind of some like funky kind of Christmas music. And then Tekken Tag Tournament 2 because that has a snowy level in the woods. Ah, right? I like what you did there. I didn't know there was a Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, yeah. idea. So, I mean, Tekken was the thing that would always come back, but these were our two choices of games. We'd always go for either of those two because they had Christmas-ish kind of levels. Yeah. Oh, by Christmas you levels, say so, I mean then. cold <laughs> levels. They've got levels that there's snow in it. But they have ice Christmas. where you slip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing we all hated. No, so that would be another one, and that's, again, because it's like, We'd pick up the controllers myself and my brothers, play a few games, you know, after the Christmas dinner on Christmas Day or like Christmas morning when you get up and you're, and again, I'm the youngest brother, so I'd always have to wait, you know, my two brothers would play Tekken. Wait your turn, like, oh, yeah. I'm so young, we'll play Tekken. Um, and I would play and I'd be awful. Um, but that was, those would be two choices as well. I'm trying to think what else I have here. Oh yeah, okay. This one was one that was got for me, I think kind of, I wanted it back from like October, November. It was out for a while, but it was gotten for me at Christmas. And going back to Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, the stuff that we talked about before, I don't know if you guys ever remember the multiplayer Crash Bandicoot game for the PS1, Crash Bash. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Never so heard of that. Oh, yeah. No, oh, so here's an interesting yeah. thing. So I was looking up Crash Bash again recently. So it's basically, uh, there's loads of like mini games. Think of like all the Mario Party kind of mini games, and mm-hmm. you've got those kind of things, but in a Crash Bandicoot kind of world okay so the same but bad well it's not a board game for yes. it's, it's just, just the mini games. like keeping score with the mini games and yeah. the teams and you say that but bad but crash bash as a, and it's, it's one of those things where i looked at like the the insane trilogy of crash bandicoot being remade or remastered and i was mm. like they have to do crash bash because it was and it's not just my nostalgia as a kid mm-hmm. as mini games and things go as like party games go that was top quality and the interesting thing about it was you could finally play as some like interesting Crash Bandicoot characters my choice was Dingo Dial like back <laughs> in the first I do remember that yeah. you played Dingo Dial yeah. you had Tiny and you could play as Crash and Reigns and Nitro and Coco and it was the first time they introduced all of these characters just to pick in a Mario Party and the, some of the games would be there'd be an I- a big ice platform we're going Christmas theme here big ice platform that yes it is Slippy and <laughs> you're on the little polar bears that you would have um been riding in Crash Bandicoot 2 or mm-hmm. 3 I can't remember um, and it's all this thing where you have to run at each other and ram the other person to knock everybody off the ice and everybody's slipping and it's all a bit mental uh, but one of my all time favorite games in it was you would all have pogo sticks mm-hmm. and each pogo stick would be colour coded and you'd be going along this square arena and you had to just fill up the, the thing with your colour mm-hmm. within the time and it sounds so simple but like playing that with my brothers when I was like oh God, I can't even think of what year like maybe I was 11 or 12 when I was really playing that heavily, it was, or even younger still, it was such a great, such a great game. They had like pinball bumper cars mm-hmm. in it and all those kind of fun um, things. But that for me is a memory, as a Christmas memory is great because that was one that we would... Yeah, those party games always and it was a stamp like that. For PlayStation 1, so we had like, you know, the, the old L-shaped multi-tap. Oh, I forgot about the L-shaped multi They had that for the PS1 as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah the multi-tap. Yeah, and it was, again, I only remember that when you said it was L-shaped. It was That's L-shaped, so yeah, yeah. So this like thing to stick your, so for those who don't know, PlayStation 1 only had two controller ports. Crash Bash was one to four players, and in order to get there were four people playing, you had to buy this thing called the multi-tap, which is still a funny name, actually. I don't know why they call it the multi-tap. 
Um, but it had this uh, port for four controllers, but it was in this weird L shape, like a funny design for a product. At I the think time. the PS2 one was just a rectangle, wasn't it? Was it? Just a rectangle, yeah. Yeah, yeah just like a like a black rectangle. Like yes. made made way more sense in terms of like s- storage yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Maybe it was just a wiring thing that they needed the space to be able to. to that's how there they you go, yeah. configured it. So that'd be a great game. But if we're gonna go talk about um, like little Darren getting up, you know, so there was this Christmas, this wonderful Christmas we had, and it was the year the PlayStation Two came out. I can't think off the top of my head what year that was. But we woke up, myself and my brothers, and we went down the stairs. If anyone wants to check that out in the meantime. Okay, are you... Are you I'm just going to hope you're I'm throw right. out there? Okay. I said it with I confidence, think, so I assume I'm I'm going to say 2000. <laughs> okay, all right. So if anybody else out there wants to email us at the Gift of Gaming Podcast at gmail.com and tell us who's right or if they're both wrong. And it has be to be uh, in Europe, because obviously that was when you played Yes, it. Europe. Yes, mm-hmm. Ireland. So Japanese release doesn't count, because that's probably a year or two earlier. Yeah. <laughs> But I, we came down Christmas morning, myself and my two brothers and my sister, of course, all family, we came down. And there underneath the Christmas tree, and what a glorious Christmas it was, was the PlayStation 2, right? You know, just, just there. What game but did you get there? So it had, there was, I think there was three games. It was Crazy Taxi. There was GTA 3. Oh, my God. And the game that I really want to talk to you guys about, which has just lived on. And, and, and it, 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 like, it, what was born out of this game was just a, you know, a decade or, you know, a decade and a half of me playing this series. Dynasty Warriors 3. <laughs> That's three good games. Yeah. Well, kind of, because I would have thought um, GTA 3 made Crazy Taxi immediately obsolete. <laughs> so the funny thing about it was, so the first, and this is the interesting thing about the, the PS2, because we brought it upstairs into our room, and we connected it into the TV, and it was like, wow, what will we play first? My God. And, you know, I think my brothers knew something about Crazy Taxi, and we all knew that GTA existed, and we'll get to GTA 3 in a minute. But what's this... What's this Dynasty Wars? What's this like Chinese Three Kingdom at War style game here? We've never seen anything like this. You don't put it on. And there it is, the sound effects of the PlayStation 2. Turn it on. I was like, whoa. And for me, graphically, not not just GTA 3, you know, coming from GTA 2, that graphic improvement. But I think from the PlayStation 1 to the PlayStation 2 era, in my opinion, is still the greatest jump yeah, in graphics. Yeah, I agree. Um, so seeing like Dynasty Wars, and it was this thing, it was the fog of war, and this game existed like really heavily. So you would you could hardly see that far in front of you. But there I was playing as Lu Xun, like the, the, the Wu strategist. Look up your Chinese history, guys. Right? This, is, this stuff gets really, really good. But there I was playing, and I was going around Hulao Gate, you know, in the snow, fighting off all these, these enemies. But as a game that I'd never played before, that arcade that's done by W Force and Koei Techno, Koei Techno, I can't remember the, the other guys, but they've done loads of them. I mean, there's like 10 of them out now or whatever. But I remember playing that game as a kid and being an absolute... Oh, and I was sitting there, you know, in my dressing gown, cozy little Darren, and you're doing Hulao Gate, which was a battle in the snow, you know, in the in the snowy region of whatever part of China this was, and fighting off all these guys. I'm like, oh my god, this game is amazing. And we bought Dynasty Warriors four, and we bought Dynasty Warriors five, and we bought six. And then I went to see Redcliffe when it came into the cinema, which was all about the the fight for the three kingdoms in ancient China. It was just, it had me. And like even when I was in school, all my projects, like all the projects that we do when I was in the transition year and everything we did. Um, and for those outside of Ireland, transition year is just kind of this like fun year you have in school. Um, we just did like I just did like all my my war projects on like the Wu and the Wei and the Shu kingdoms fighting for dominance. It, it just it completely took over my brain for the best part of five or six years, and I could not get enough of these stories, these battles, these whatever else. But it all stemmed from that wonderful Christmas where I woke up and there it was. I can even picture the box and the color in the box and everything, <laughs> and the beautiful writing. Dynasty Warriors 3. And then we played that. My God, that was amazing. And then we turned on GTA 3. And I was like, well, 
well, this is the greatest game that ever existed. <laughs> Nobody had ever played anything as good as GTA no. 3 until they played GTA 3. I remember, 3. again, it's the, these memories of like being at home at Christmas, you know, stuffed after dinner and watching my brother play GTA 3. And just the idea that you could walk into some buildings, like there'd just be just that, that graphical improvement, especially in GTA 2, which mm-hmm. I would have played. I shouldn't have, obviously. I was way younger than 18. But GTA 2, I would have played, I think, at my cousin's house or something. We saw the top-down GTA. I was like, wow, this game is a lot of fun. And part of me would still love to go back and play those games because they had a real nice character about them as well. Appeal, yeah. But GTA 3, like that graphical improvement was absolutely mental. And ju- just to harken back to something that we talked about at the start of the podcast, yeah. how could a generation like ours, who we kind of came online playing games like GTA 2 and stuff like that, yeah. mm-hmm. and then very quickly discovered that like Dynasty Warriors and GTA 3 was possible, how could we not expect the modern Pokemon game to be able to run as a normal functioning game. Yeah. Like the leap so between GTA 2 and GTA 3 is a bigger leap than all of Pokemon's history combined, combined. even till yeah. now. Even Which till is then. so sad because and there's yet, so much potential. the companies probably earn similar book for their games type yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, I know Nintendo had is... every bit as much money, or Game Freak has every bit as much money as Rockstar. They yeah. made Body Harvest and that flopped. So they were in a bad place when GTA 3 came, came out. out you know? eventually, yeah. So why, why would we not expect those big jumps? But yeah, that's that's going to be a nice uh, Christmas morning. That's going to yeah. be very... It was, big. and it was just special because it was the PS2. There was kind of a game for each of us. You know, I mean, I, I claimed, I don't know who Dynasty Warriors 2 was meant for, <laughs> but I claimed the shit out of that game. That was my game. I played it for years, but I want to give an honorable mention, and I couldn't, I couldn't talk about it here. This isn't the appropriate place to talk about this, but I'm going to give you the release date of this game, and I'm going to see if you guys can guess what it is. December twenty second, two thousand and five, three days before Christmas, two thousand and five, a game released that forever changed my life. What do you guys think it might have been? I know exactly what game that is. Oh yeah, do you want to, you want to, Luke? Do you have any ideas before uh, Craig gives the answer? It- well, I guess before Craig. Go for it. Yeah, what do you got? Because I don't know. Uh, it, it wasn't Kingdom Hearts, was it? Oh, Kingdom Hearts 2, Luke. <laughs> Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts 2. Hearts 2. Right. I knew that. Yeah, sorry. Well, I mean, the point's go to you, Craig. I mean, actually, we should have tested you because now, now I know. Because I was thinking in my head, no I bet Craig Luke say it. says Kingdom Hearts 1. I know, just in my head. No, that was a couple of years yeah, before. No, Kingdom Hearts 2. And I, you know, that would be my top in this conversation. But that's not enough to give that game. That The Kingdom Hearts series, the Kingdom Hearts the games, if we go... And do a podcast about our top games. That's where I need to have the Kingdom Hearts two conversation, not here. You it could have here. shoehorned it in with the Jack Skellington, you know, uh, level. So I have notes here, right? I have notes here talking about Kingdom Hearts two and why I would have included it as an honorable mention. And the two things I have here are: it's the greatest game and Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> it's the greatest, <laughs> it's the greatest game. game. That's my two. That's my two points. But I couldn't. I I couldn't talk about it here because I need. I need so much more time. But as an honorable yeah. mention. It was literally a game that came out three days before Christmas. It was waiting for me in its silver box at the bottom of the Christmas tree that year. And boy, oh boy, did I play the absolute shit out of that game <laughs> for years. You know, I'm still going back and like finishing it every now and then today. Like, you know, um, but yeah, so those were our Christmas games. Be that that they have a Christmas level in them, that they remind us of Christmas. Or they just have that Christmassy feeling. Or all and, the above. Yeah. And if you listeners out there have any Christmas games that you like to play at Christmas that you got at Christmas or games that you love that have Christmas levels in them, be sure to let us know at the gift of gaming podcast at gmail.com. I finally memorized it. Thank Good God. Job. You said that so quickly as well. It was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, you just listen back. I'm not going to say it. So that's all you get. <laughs> so guys, Luke, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having Greg, us. Greg, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. I hope you guys have a, a, a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry to Christmas. our listeners as well. I uh, hope you guys have a, a lovely Christmas too. And we'll be back, I think, 
our next episode is out probably the 4th of January. We're going to take a little bit of a uh, Christmas break this week, but we'll catch you guys back on the 4th of January with, ooh, mystery topic. It's because I haven't thought about it yet. Were you, did you <laughs> nearly say hiatus there as well? I almost said hiatus, but that's a terrible <laughs> choice of words. No, yeah. we're just having a Christmas break. So no, Christmas break. Teeny, oh my God, it's already in flux. <laughs> teeny, teeny tiny hiatus. Yeah, teeny tiny one. But uh, listen, thanks for, thanks for listening, uh, everybody. Craig, thanks for being here. And then um, we'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Bye-bye. Out, guys. Thanks very much.